Welcome to the Beyond Fitness Podcast. This is your host, Cade Howell, and I just want to say thank you for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the show. So today we're talking about, it was going to be 40 things that I wish I knew before I got in shape, but I went on some tangents, and so I cut it at at 20. I'll make this into a a two-part thing to cover the full 40 things. So today we're going over the first 20 of those 40 things, and this is something that I was just writing one day. I try to make some time to like write something out each day for content, whether it's for social media or podcast, email, whatever it is. And I just got thinking one day, like, what are like the main things that I wish that I knew before, not necessarily before I got into fitness, because a lot of these, you know, I was, I was into fitness, but I still wasn't doing some of these things, or I was doing some of these things that I shouldn't be doing. And so this is really like the main things that I wish I knew before I actually like got in shape. You know, I I was taking fitness seriously, but this was before I really got the results that I was looking for. And so if you're in that boat where it's like you're you're into fitness, you're taking it seriously, but you feel like you have some more progress to make, I think there's going to be some some tidbits in here that should help you quite a bit. So yeah, let's jump into the first 20 of the 40 things that I knew, I wish I knew before I got in shape. I got 40 things to go through here, so I'm just going to rattle these off depending on how many tangents I go on. I might have to split this up into to two parts, but we'll see. I want to get through, I want to try to get through all 40 of them. Um, so jumping into the first one, number one is you don't have to work out more than three to four days a week to drastically change your body. I think a lot of people think they need to work out six, seven days a week, but at the end of the day, if you're doing three to four productive workouts, that aren't just like these random workouts and you're just focusing on burning calories the whole time. If there are three to four well-structured workouts and you're, you're following a good plan, that is plenty for pretty much everyone to see a really, really drastic change in their body. Of course, over time, it takes time. Number two is put just as much effort into your nutrition as you do your workouts and you'll be amazed at your progress. I think this is where For me, I know I went wrong in the beginning as I was just focusing a ton on the exercise side of things. And then nutrition was harder for me. So I was just kind of sweeping that under the rug. And I think that's a a pretty common thing. You know, exercise is like easier for a lot of people, it seems like. Um, And nutrition, it's pretty challenging. And so it's not something we want to overlook because it is, in terms of fat loss specifically, that's going to be the biggest needle mover is your nutrition more than exercise. You know, it's both are important, of course, but I think a lot of people just overlook the nutrition side of things when they should be putting more focus on that. Number three is spend more time focusing on muscle growth and less time focusing on fat loss. This is something I really, I wish I would have done in, in the beginning because I was just in this endless, you know, phase of trying to lose fat, it not going very well, um, just not following a very sustainable approach, not seeing the progress that I'd like to. And so it was just like this constant phase of trying to diet, but not having it go very well. So I wish looking back, I wish I dedicated some time in the beginning to really focus on building muscle, building a solid foundation, and then focusing more on fat loss. And I think generally, if you can have like a a three to one ratio of time 
either focusing on muscle growth or at least just at maintenance compared to fat loss, like you don't want to be trying to eat in a deficit most of the year, you know, unless you have like a ton of weight to lose and it's like, you just need to sustain that deficit for a long time. I think most people, you know, you should be focusing more on muscle growth or maintenance than you should on fat loss because fat loss is pretty quick compared to, to muscle growth. So that's something I wish I, I did is focus more on muscle growth and less on fat loss. Number four, um, something I wish I knew was you don't have to eat chicken, rice, and broccoli every single day to get in shape. You can be flexible. So pretty simple. Number five, aim to eat 80 to 90% of your calories from whole foods, which are just single ingredient, natural, you know, typical quote unquote healthy foods, and then leave 10 to 20% for any other foods you love. It doesn't have to be this all or nothing thing. You know, you, you can definitely have some flexibility and, you know, if you're really focused on fat loss or trying to be super dialed in, that might have to be closer to 90% where if you're being more flexible, maybe you're focusing on muscle growth, even if like maybe you're having a hard time getting all of your calories in, you might need to be more flexible to get those calories in. And it might be actually closer to like 70% instead of 80. I think a good rule of thumb is that 80 to 90% of your calories to come from whole foods, single ingredient foods. Number six, another very simple one, simple one, just stop letting the weekends be a free for all. I think this is, this is something I struggled with is like, I would be very disciplined throughout the week. The weekend would come around and it was time to have a good time. And that would throw me off. And then I would come back the next week and, you know, be super dialed in again. It was just this endless cycle of dialed in for five days, off the rail for off the rails for two days over and over. So weekends, yeah, have more flexibility, but there should still be some structure there. Number seven, give yourself some flexibility on the weekdays. So you're not ravenous by the weekend, which goes in line with, with what we just talked about. Don't overly restrict yourself five days of the week, because if you do that, you're going to get to Saturday, Sunday, Friday, whatever it is that you like to have a good time. And you're probably going to be pretty hungry and ready to just let loose. So give yourself flexibility throughout the week and it's going to make that a lot easier. Number eight, I wish I stopped focusing on just burning calories in the gym and started focusing more on actually following a structured program instead of just doing random workouts, start actually tracking my performance in the gym so I could see if I was actually progressing over time. Um, yeah, I, I just... I wish I wasn't just going in to move my body. Like there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're serious about, you know, changing your body composition, you need to have a little more structure with your training and you need to have, yeah, you need to have a, a good training program that you're following, not just going in doing random things, trying to burn calories. Number nine, start tracking your steps and walk more. That's something I wish I started prioritizing because I thought like, well, in order to you know, lose fat, I needed to do cardio. I remember running up to like, we, we lived next to a campus and they had like this super long staircase there. And I remember I would run there and then I would run up and down the stairs and it was a like a really good workout. It was brutal. Uh, but I remember thinking like, I have to do this in order to lose body fat. Whereas if I would have just, instead of sitting on my butt most of the day and then going and doing that, once every couple days, you know, cause it was, I couldn't do it every day. I was, 
it was it was a struggle for me. But if I would have just been a little bit more active throughout every day and and tracked my steps and had a, a step target and walked more, like that would have led to would have been a lot easier for me to stick with, and it most likely would have led to better results because spreading that over the course of seven days and just being more active overall, I probably would have burned more calories than going and running up that hill for a couple hours, maybe an hour and a half per week, you know, if I did it like two or three times for 30, 45 minutes. So something I I wish I knew back then. Number 10, again, similar going in line with that. Don't do cardio to lose fat. Do it for your heart, mood, and overall health. I, I, it's funny, like looking back, like I really thought I had to do cardio back then. And then once I realized like, oh, you don't have to do cardio to lose fat. I kind of swung in the other direction of like, oh, cardio is useless. Like just track your steps, track your nutrition. And now I'm kind of back in the middle where it's like cardio, it can be very helpful. I don't, I don't think you need to, you know, really overdo cardio when you're focusing on fat loss. It can be a helpful tool. I think the the most important thing though, is how helpful it is for your overall health, your mood, things like that. So I, I'm a fan of cardio now. Just, I think as with anything like moderation, you don't need to go too crazy with it. Number 11 is that slice of pizza you're thinking about having. It's not going to kill your progress. Eat the pizza every once in a while. Don't restrict yourself. You're, you're going to be fine. Number 12, stop switching goals every month. This is why you're spinning your wheels. I remember I would focus on fat loss and then I'll be like, oh, you know, like I'm, I'm getting a little bit too scrawny, like I want some more muscle. And then I would try to focus on muscle growth, which was just like letting loose and not doing anything. And then I would just go back and forth. And you don't really accomplish much when you, you're going back and forth so much. Number, what number are we on here? 13. <clears throat> you don't need an insane amount of protein. Just aim for at least 0.7 grams per pound of your body weight. And that's kind of like the, if you're getting 0.7 grams per pound of your body weight, you're in a good spot. I do think there can be an advantage to going higher than that, you know, at that 0.8 to 1.2 grams per pound of your body weight. If you're, say, in a fat loss phase, you're struggling with hunger, um, higher protein consumption can help with your hunger. And then also just from a muscle retention perspective, I don't mind erring towards the the safe side, but I think, you know, if you're getting 0.7 grams per pound, so let's say if I could do some math here, if you're 200 pounds, that'd be like 140 grams of protein. You don't need to go absolutely crazy with it. Number 14, batch cook your food so you don't have to rely on eating out every day. I think if everyone did this and you, they actually meal prepped instead of relying on, you know, snagging something on the way home from work or whatever, like those are the, the things that really add up over time. If you just take 30 minutes to batch cook some food that are, it's going to last you for a couple days, depending on how, like, I honestly don't mind eating food that's been in the fridge for almost a week. Like <laughs> maybe I'm weird, maybe I'm gross. Um, but if you, if you like it relatively fresh, like just batch cook your food every couple days and you have food ready in the fridge. And it's not like you have, that has to be every meal, but it, it can help just so you're not relying on going and snagging something on the way home or um, getting food delivered or whatever. And number 15, eat similar foods each day. Don't let every day be completely random. 
I think this is really helpful just to add some structure day to day so it's not just yeah complete randomness every day. Number 16, stop thinking ab exercises will get you abs. I used to just do crunches and stuff. I remember I was probably like, I don't know, eight or 10 years old. It was, I can't remember what we were doing. We were playing like basketball somewhere. I was with my brother <laughs> and um, I was like, this was kind of like my little, I was always chubby growing up. So I was like a little, little chubby kid. And me and my brother would always like get into these little arguments and like just try to say the meanest stuff to each other. And I was like, little chubby insecure kid about my body and he's like you need to start doing crunches more so you don't have so much fat <laughs> and i went home and i just started doing crunches so that was something that i it actually stuck with me for a long time it was like if i want to get abs like i just gotta you know i gotta do crunches and, and ab workouts so yeah that's not how it works you know you can definitely develop your abs through doing ab exercises but it's not going to give you abs you have to have a low enough body fat percentage to actually revere reveal the muscle under there so you know the typical saying abs are made in the kitchen there is a lot of truth to that number 17 schedule your workouts just like you would anything else important if you have a meeting with your boss or something like you're going to schedule that in your day you're going to make sure that you show up for that why don't you do the same with your workouts? Like get a set time every day. If you struggle being consistent, like especially get a time where it's like, this is the time that I go to the gym, block it out in your calendar. You need to make time for those things because other quote unquote, more important things are going to pop up, which I would argue that there isn't anything more important than prioritizing your health. Cause if you don't have that, you don't have anything. So schedule in your workout, just like you would anything else important. Number 18, stop neglecting your fiber intake. For me, I didn't even really care or think about fiber the first probably five years of really taking my fitness seriously. I was like, ah, yeah, fiber. I hear about it every once in a while. I don't even really know what it is. Who cares? Um, but it's super underrated. I think there is getting like more people talk about prioritizing fiber and stuff nowadays, which is really good because it, it makes a very big difference in overall health, digestion, um, satiety, keeping you full. And just generally, I, I like with clients, I like tracking their fiber intake because it is a good metric of generally of food choices. You know, if you're eating plenty of fruits, veggies, whole grains, things like that, you're probably going to have a decent fiber intake. And we know that we do want to be having plenty of those those foods like that. Um, so it's a good metric to, to track that. There are some loopholes where it's like some protein bars, for example, can have like um, certain types of fiber and stuff that probably aren't like the best types of fiber and they can actually just mess up your gut. Um, but anyways, prioritize your fiber for sure. I think a, a good rule of thumb is at least 10 grams per thousand calories of, of um, yeah, per thousand calories you consume. Ideally, I would say closer to like 15. There's my dogs barking. I see the mailman outside putting, putting mail in. It's either the mailman or squirrels. They, anything that they hear outside, they just go insane. But so this isn't like this, listening to this podcast, you're going to, hear real life things like my dogs barking in the background. I don't have a podcast studio. I have a little office space in my house and I got wiener dogs, man. So you're going to hear some barking every once in a while. Anyways. So yeah, 10 grams as 
kind of the, the minimum target, 15, 10 grams per thousand calories you eat, 15 grams per thousand calories you eat as like the ideal target. So for example, if you eat 2000 calories a day, that would be 20 grams as the, the minimum, ideally 30 plus grams a day for your fiber. And number 19, I think we might just do 20 because we're already 15 minutes in. Uh, if I'm rambling for too long, I might lose your attention. So we'll probably split this up into two. But 19, weigh yourself and watch the weekly averages and overall trend, not the daily numbers. I think this is really a really common thing. A lot of times when I hop on phone calls with people, I um, have like strategy calls where I just offer people advice and stuff. And a lot of times I'll hear that, yeah, you know, I weigh myself once, once a month or once a week is a pretty common thing. And I always try to explain to people, like really the more that you can weigh yourself, the better for a lot of reasons, in my opinion. Number one, you start to get less attached to that number because you see it's normal if it goes up and then down and there's there's these fluctuations that it's 100% normal. You start to notice trends with, oh, you know, when I have like really salty foods the day before, my weight's going to be up a little bit. Or if I have a couple drinks, my weight's going to be up. Um, or if I haven't taken my morning turd, my weight's going to be up. So you start to notice these things and then you're, you easily get detached from that number. And then another big benefit of weighing yourself more consistently is you get more of an accurate number because if you weigh yourself on one week and let's say this particular day, you know, you're kind of dehydrated. You didn't drink very much water the day before, um, you took, not to go into too much detail, but you took a, a, a nice turd before this and you know you drained your bladder, all that good stuff, and you jump on the scale, you weigh yourself, let's say you're 180 pounds. Let's say the next week you come around, you, it's a week apart, let's say this is Sunday morning, and let's say the Saturday night, the, the night before, you had a few drinks, you had some nachos, you woke up, um, you hadn't taken a turd yet, maybe you're a little constipated, you step on the scale, you might be like 184. And it's like, oh, dang, like I gained four pounds this week. Like, wow, what am I doing? When in reality, if you actually weighed yourself more consistently, let's say at least four days throughout that week, you might see that it was 180 on Sunday, and then it was 181. And then it was 179. And then it was 182. And then there was a one 184. And so then you get to see a more accurate representation of where your weight actually is and you can start to track the averages week to week and the trend over time instead of getting hung, hung up on those daily numbers because everyone's weight is going to fluctuate. Number 20, take progress photos because you are not going to recognize the changes um, over time when you see yourself in the mirror every single day. It's kind of like, you know, if you get a puppy or if you have a kid, like you don't really notice them daily. Like, changing and growing up and getting bigger it's only like when you sit down and reflect you're like wow like for me it's actually my son's birthday today birthday today he turned six years old and it's just insane because I remember when he was a tiny little baby and it's like I didn't notice consistently like he's changing but then all of a sudden he's six years old and he's like a completely different human from when he was a tiny baby you know same thing with our two dogs. It's like, we got them. There are these, like I see pictures of our dogs when we first got them. They're these tiny little like rat looking things. And now they're like full on 
wiener dogs that just like to bark when I'm recording podcasts. And it's a similar thing with you when you're looking in the mirror, you know, like you see that every single day, you're not going to see those changes. It's only until if you're taking progress photos, you look back at your progress photo from, you know, four weeks ago. And it's like, wow, I'm actually like, you know, even if the scale wasn't changing, like you might be seeing some recomposition. It's like, wow, I'm actually seeing some changes. And I think tracking as many forms of progress, weighing yourself consistently, tracking progress photos, taking body measurements, tracking your gym performance, as many of those things as you can do, the better in my opinion, because you get to see all of these areas that you're improving or on the other hand that aren't improving and they just, it gives you more data to know what adjustments to make. Um, so that's my, my little spiel. Like I said, I wanted to get through all 40 of them, but we'll come back with a part two with the, the next 20. Cause if I ramble for another 20 minutes, probably, probably going to lose your attention. So anyways, I hope that was helpful. Again, that was uh, 20 things that I wish I knew before I really got into fitness and, and I guess before I got into shape and started really taking things seriously. So hope that was helpful. We'll be back with the next episode, part two. I just want to say thank you for listening and I really hope that episode was helpful. And if it was, my only ask for you is please leave a rating or review on wherever you listen to this podcast. That would mean the world to me. It really helps us reach more people, help more people, and overall improve the podcast for you. So that is my one ask. If this was helpful, please leave that rating or review. And if you have any questions or need advice on anything, just message me on Instagram at Howell underscore fit, and I'm more than happy to help.